0: Morgan's drinking she's checking the, goalkeeper! Off
1: the, post and end, the pay disparity between the men and women is is just too large and and we want to continue to fight uh, the generation of players before us fought and now it's our job to to keep on fighting the pay cap
0: for the women's major league soccer players is 11 times less than the pay cap for Men's major league soccer, eleven times.
1: You are listening to Give and Go with Rotas Wadera, only on Girls Soccer Network. Hello and welcome. This is Give and Go on Family FM, recording inside Canal Street Studio. I am your host, Rotas Wadera, and thank you so much for making the choice to listen to us at Girls Soccer Network. Obviously, it is the Thanksgiving weekend, and uh, we are thankful for so many things. And if you have not taken the opportunity to be thankful, please do. Uh, You know, we are very, very fortunate over Girls Soccer Network. We are so thankful for how we've been able to grow over these last two years, and we will continue to do so and continue to grow and continue to provide the content that you know and love so much again jam-packed episode for you here today A interview with George Nahorski the head of strikers elite out in Las Vegas Nevada you do not want to miss that later on in the show but first if you have not already right you got to go to www.girlssoccernetwork.com follow us on social media right at girls soccer network on Instagram and at girls soccer net on Twitter again all of that everything that you could ask for in terms of news we got some sweet merch as well some yin and yang style soccer balls everything I mean we've got a lot of great stuff going on and um, again happy to provide all of that for you so a lot to discuss let's unpack it all Right now, we have to start with the u s women 's national team. of course, we you know they had those final two friendlies of twenty eighteen against Portugal and Scotland, two matches that they won by a score of one nil. We talked about Portugal on the last show and we talked and we're going to talk about how they did against Scotland and of course, it was Alex Morgan who supplied the winner her ninety eighth international goal, and um really for this team to go unbeaten over an entire year after the way last year's tournament of nations ended and they lost to Australia, That the tear that they have gone on since then, um, it's really a treat. I mean, how lucky are, are we all to, to watch a team this dominant? And um, I'll be honest with you. If, if it were, you know, there, there have been times in sports where the – when you're the best team, and you kind of create a dynasty, sometimes it can get stale and it can get boring, but that definitely is not the case with the U.S. women's national team. Their sustained level of excellence as a nation, as a footballing nation, is, is spectacular, or soccer nation, however however you prefer to word it. But, I mean, really, this is really the culmination. To see them go unbeaten, it's the culmination of everything that, has happened before them. You know, Brandy Chastain, the, the iconic moment, just all of the superstars that really were the trailblazers, the generation before, right? Michelle Akers, Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, Tiffany Milbritt, Christine Lilly, Christine Rampone. The list goes on and on and on, right? And it's crazy how we just continue to produce a golden generation after a golden generation and again you can already see Jill Ellis start to really implement and start to look forward to the future because again things are in constant flux ebbing and flowing in terms of players careers you never know how things can go whether it's a an injury or you know a player's career can be derailed and so many different things the game of soccer is so unpredictable so you always have to be prepared for the next step and as one golden generation will leave another will take its place right so we had you know when mia Hamm and all those other legends left who was going to step up and fill in right you had abby wambach abby wambach left who left then alex morgan has come in and done the job spectacularly so it's really looking like you know mallory Pugh, a potential replacement for tobin heath as as she's you know Eventually, one day, obviously, this is not anytime soon, but, you know, one day down the line, you're definitely looking at Mallory Pugh, you're looking at Rose Lavelle taking over for Megan Rapino. you're looking at Lindsey Horan in the midfield taking over for Carly Lloyd, you're looking at Tierna Davidson taking over for Becky Sauerbrunn, along with Abi Dahlkemper. I mean, we're set up to be really good, you know, it seems like for forever, so... Again, this is the best time to be watching women's soccer, and it's only going to go up from here. So, you know, it's an exciting time, as I've said before, and for them to potentially go back-to-back and defend their title in France this summer, I mean, it's looking like there isn't a team out there right now that that can really cope with them, contend with them. Maybe France, maybe England. The Aussies are probably their toughest test because, again, they see them all year round in the NWSL, and that's an advantage—not just in the NWSL, but in the W League. To see them, you know, more than half of this, more than half of a calendar year, right, of playing against them, you get to understand their style of play, how they operate, and um, the Aussies are probably the only team that I can think of right now that look like—and of course, yes, as I mentioned, the, the hosts, France—they will be um, hoping to snap. The United States um, Shot at a title defense So A lot to look forward to And of course With the year coming to an end In terms of US Women's National Team The nominees came out for Female Player of the Year Five nominees, all of course fully deserving Lindsey Horan Megan Rapino, Julie Ertz, Alex Morgan And Tobin Heath No, sh- no surprises there Lindsey Horan one-league MVP um, in the NWSL. Megan Rapinoe is just, as as always, as consistent as ever, creating and wreaking havoc. Same goes for Tobin Heath on the other wing. Julie Ertz is the constant in, the, in that uh, midfield three that Jill Ellis has. Ertz always plays. Always, always, always. And then, of course, Alex Morgan. And uh, I know... You know, it's a great list of nominees, but based on the scoring run that Alex Morgan went on, right, it's going to be pretty tough for her not to win this award. Uh, it's going to be very, very tough for the Federation to, to deny her. So, you know, all the nominees are totally deserving, but I think I think we can pretty much assume that Alex Morgan's going to take, uh, take that honor. And, and of course, it's well-deserved. Now, of course, mentioned the World Cup earlier. Um, Two more spots have been booked to the World Cup. The Netherlands, uh, constantly growing and on the rise. Talked about Leakey Mertens in one of the other podcast episodes, uh, I want to say three or four episodes ago, and she is a star at Barcelona Keep an eye on her. They defeated the Swiss, who, again, were at the last World Cup. The Swiss are a very good team in their own right, and they will not be in it, which is a little unfortunate. Again, we've talked about Europe and and just the clog of, of great teams, and some some really solid teams are going to miss out because of how good just soccer is in Europe overall. And then, of course, Argentina were able to defeat Panama, and we talked about Panama back at the CONCACAF Championships. yanis Bailey and how they won our hearts. And uh, unfortunately it uh, was not enough. The Argentinians just had too much firepower. Estefania Benini, of course, is their Messi. Uh, So, you know, she is going to be the catalyst and um, brings that level of attacking flair that uh, you just don't see around. She's got some tremendous dribbling ability. So those two spots have been booked and, we've got a couple more to go i believe four more three of them are going to be decided at the african cup of nations which are going on right now and one more will be out of the oceana region which of course is most in all likelihood going to be new zealand with uh one of our spokespeople ali riley and abby ursag well abby ursag unfortunately uh stepped down so we we will have to see if she's going to get back into the mix elite before the world cup but um you know, Ali Riley is their captain, and we'll see if she's going to be involved in in the country's plans. But expect New Zealand to qualify, and then in the African Cup of Nations, it's 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 a dead heat right now. Uh, it's going to be very very close to see who is going to make it. The top three teams from the federation are obviously going to make it. Of course, one of the favorites is absolutely going to be South Africa. Uh, we know them very well because they had three Houston Dash players. Janine Van Wyk, who, of course, the the Dash let go of uh, towards the end of the season. But Linda Mothlalo and Catlana uh, and as well. Two really, really, really fun players to watch. I really hope that the South Africans get in because they are a phenomenal... I mean, they're going to be one of the stories of the World Cup, okay? Do not sleep on the African nations. The Nigerian women are really good, and then you have Ghana and Mali who are in the mix as well. So, you know, the Africans bring a different level of... um, I mean, a much different style of play, and they're always so much fun to watch. So we're really hoping that whoever it is that comes out of the African Cup of Nations, um, they're going to really topple, um, really shake things up in the World Cup, depending on how this draw turns out. Now, of course, the NCAA tournament is in full swing. The Elite Eight is currently underway as we speak. Florida State is locked in a tight one with Penn State. Of course, Dana Castellanos has provided the goal for Florida State. Uh, Less than five minutes to go in that one. They are so close from getting to the Final Four. Penn State, uh, again, always a solid defensive team. Have not been able to muster much But, again, Florida State is looking like they're going to get to a Final Four. And who would have thought? I mean, based on where they were a couple of weeks leading up to the ACC tournament, they have just gone on a tear. And they look like a very, very dangerous team at the moment, a team that could score enough to maybe beat Stanford. But, of course, we have to talk about the other three matchups before we do anything else. Stanford and Tennessee, that's going to be going on later today. Bunny Shaw, Khadijah Bunny Shaw, going to be a top pick in the NWSL Draft. Sh- you know, And she's going to be the catalyst, right? She has to be the one that makes things go for them. And that, too, against Katerina Macario, you want to talk about star power, Wow. That is some serious, serious star power in this matchup. Uh, but the question is, Stanford continuously look like the best team. And s- up until this point, it still looks like all the one seeds have a great shot to get to the Final Four. Uh, Stanford should advance over Tennessee, barring you know some crazy moment some crazy uh, moment of brilliance or maybe a stroke of luck. You never know in the NCAA tournament, but Stanford should advance. Of course, UCLA, North Carolina, that game is going to be played on Sunday, November 24th. In the last game to get to the final four, you want to talk about a matchup of blue bloods. Oh my God. I mean, that is the matchup, right? That to get, Two such huge programs, not just the, the players, but the the coaches. Anson Dorrance versus Amanda Cromwell, it does not get better than that. Dorian Bailey versus Jesse Fleming, Julia Ashley, Haley Mace. I mean, the, the star power in this game is legit, too legit to quit. And you look at those – The Amount of players on the pitch that are going to be playing in the NWSL is absurd. Uh, Definitely a game to watch for sure. Excuse me, I said Sunday, November 24th. It is Saturday, November 24th. But yeah, that game will be one to watch for sure. And probably the most interesting matchup in terms of you know what in terms of being able to change a program and change the culture of a program both Georgetown and Baylor are two schools who have had a lot of success in recent years um not traditionally known as a big time power in college in women's college soccer but they both have an opportunity here to you know to get to a final four potentially contend for a national championship i mean it's huge for each program Baylor have been highly consistent they beat you um, with a very balanced attack offensively, whereas Georgetown, it's just pure on firepower with, um, with Caitlin Farrell, who we've mentioned many times, and our recent Women Crush Wednesday from this past week, Kyra Carusa, the graduate transfer from Stanford. We can only talk so much about the impact that she has had for the Hoyas. Uh, for her to be on a national championship winning team last year, at Stanford and then for her to to go to Georgetown and really add to a a team that was so solid already I mean it's no surprise they got the one seed and again they probably should get to the final four and that's the matchup we want whether it's I mean I'm looking at either Stanford let's take a look at the bracket here right let's take a look at the bracket. Right. Stanford would play Florida State and UCLA would play or North Carolina would play the winner of Georgetown Baylor. So. Whether it's UCLA, whether it's Georgetown, those are the two teams we want to see play Stanford, not to discount Florida State, because, again, that's going to be a great game. But uh, again, all of this is saying all the as if all the higher seeds advance which they normally do in these cases, upsets at this stage of the tournament simply don't happen because this is when all the great teams show off their depth, flex their muscles, and really show uh, how great they are. This is when everyone's playing their best as a team. So Stanford, if they could play UCLA, obviously, that's a big matchup. But also Georgetown, because of what Kyra Caruso could do provide in terms of insider information she knows everything about that team and if you're talking about a potential recipe for for an upset uh that would definitely be one right there so either matchup would be interesting in the final of course by the next episode we will have a national champion crowned so might as well give you one pick right for the national title and i mean come on it's got to be stanford if it's not it's, it's been Stanford against the rest of the field, against the rest of the nation, really. And, uh, you know, they are too good. Paul Ratcliffe has the opportunity to do something that, you know, only programs like, you know, North Carolina have really, have really done in college soccer. So to go back-to-back is so hard to do, it, especially college athletics. I mean, how do you go back-to-back when – You have so many players in and out. You have to constantly shuffle, and and you lose players. You lose some of your best players, and yet still, they lost Andy Sullivan. They lost Andy Sullivan, who was the number one pick, and they have just as much talent, if not more, than what they had last year. So Stanford are the best team in the country, and they should go back to back. But again, we will see, and that's going to be – A lot of fun to watch. So you're definitely going to want to tune in next weekend, right? The December 2nd, I believe, will be the final, and two days before will be the final four matchups. So definitely, definitely get on that. Mark your calendars down because that is some high-level soccer. Regardless of what level, I mean, this is why the uh, said it before the u.s women's national team is so good because of how good college soccer has become and the fact that we have internationals international players coming from all over the country not just over the country excuse me internationally right venezuela ireland england iceland everywhere australia everyone's coming to play here so you know what could be better than that and um yeah, you're definitely going to want to stay tuned. Okay, it is that time of the show for a very special interview with George Nahorski of Strikers Elite. He started this academy in Minnesota, moved it to Las Vegas, Nevada in about two years' time, and it's really, really taken off. And, of course, here it is. Okay, so George, tell us more about where your vision for Strikers Elite really started
0: Oh, geez. You know, I, uh, I was back in Minnesota when we had started strike early and, um, I was, I was coaching a U19 girls team, um, back in Minnesota. One of the girls asked for some training on the side. Um, that's, that's kind of how it catapulted, um, from one girl, one girl to four girls, to 10 girls, to 20 girls. And it just, you know, went on from there. Um, at the same time, I was juggling a full-time job, right? And I had to make a decision. What did I really want to do? Um, did I want to focus on you know, soccer because that was very time-consuming? Obviously, um, my full-time job was also time-consuming and that was the breadwinner, that was the income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I had to evaluate things and I was very fortunate um, to, to have met my wife who had just said, find your passion, which is soccer, and run with it. I'll support you 100%. So um, I, I honestly owe everything to Tracy because you know I wouldn't be sitting here today having this conversation with you, training over 250 kids, putting on camps and clinics throughout the year. Um, if, if it wasn't for her to have said, quit your job, start this little training company that you wanna do, and I'm behind you 100%. 100%. So that's how it started
1: so things are going great right now how would how how would you describe the current state of things and what are your future plans for the academy
0: well you know right now uh as of september 1st we went to a membership model um so we offer a single and a family membership that's to be a part of our uh, program essentially it's an exclusive program it's 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 become exclusive because what we want to do is concentrate on those elite players that truly want to take their game to the next level. Um, vision for moving forward is finding our own facility, finding our own piece of land, something dedicated to just what we do. Because there's a lot of other trainers out there um, across the country and across the world. Some are fortunate to have their own space, but there's many um, in my position that are. You know, we need to use public parks. Um, then there's issues with, you know, the city got, you know, park permits, the park and rec department, things of that nature. Right. So, um, the ultimate plan is to find a facility where we can have a dedicated home for our players and truly call it soccer home.
1: Now you were a former division one player at Louisville. Yep. What, what's the most important message you try to constantly convey to your players having played at that level?
0: You know, um, the most important message is y- you really have to give it your all. So it's given 500%. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: I've become friends with Coach Galanis, Carly Lloyd's trainer, and, you know, in, in learning from him, um, I consider him a mentor. Uh, one of the messages he passes on to Carly all the time, since, you know, he started training Carly as a teenager, is, you know, empty the tank, empty the tank, and... If, if there's one thing that I have seen in common throughout the last four plus years and doing what I've been doing, is the players that are dedicated um, are the ones that are truly given it 500% when they're training. Um, you know, so if if you're giving it your all, the work right there is is there, the intensity is there, things start happening because I'm a big believer in repetition. Um, you know, and, and, and that comes from my time as, as a teenager when I trained at IX Academy. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the work rate, the intensity, it's, it's just different out in Europe, right? So I'm trying to bring that back here. And even at the Division One collegiate level, um, the work rate intensity is so much higher. I pass that message on to the kids to, to have them understand what is to be expected as they progress in their soccer future
1: and were there any particular moments from your playing career that you use as teachable moments with your, with your students and players? Every single
0: session, you know, there may be a particular shooting drill that we're doing. Um, it could be a passing drill in a small group session. Um, it's, it's, you know, I'm, I'm trying to help these players understand not, not only technically what they need to be doing, but also tactically, right? So from a tactical standpoint, I'm trying to just help them understand what position they need to be in. Maybe their body needs to be positioned here. Maybe they need to make a run um, differently than they're currently doing, right? So um, I'm a big believer in movement without the ball, creating space without the ball, being the smart, intelligent
1: soccer player. You previously mentioned uh, training at the IX Academy. Tell us more about that and what it was like listening to Johan Cruyff, the, you know, one of the godfathers of the game speak. I mean, I'm sure that must have been something, you know, something special.
0: Um, that was the best experience of my life. I was, um, I was fortunate to have been training out there. I was selected through the Illinois ODP program. I was born and raised in Chicago, and I got selected through the Illinois program to, to, to go overseas. Um, I had a chance of playing in all the country, many of the countries out there. But my time at Ajax was, was truly special because, um, you know, you're, you're living on site. Soccer is 24-7. We had one day off a week, uh, literally training, you know, six plus hours a day. And um, to, to have been on the same field and listened to Johann Cruyff, um, it was for about an hour. He trained us. He, 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 he spoke to us. Um, and the message that I walked away with uh, before I went to Louisville was um, from Johann Cruyff was keeping it simple and so that's that's another message I pass on to all our trainees um, you know everyone wants to do all the Ronaldo tricks and flicks and you know all the fancy stuff Neymar might do and, and that and those are great don't get me wrong it's awesome it's it's, it's fun to watch but these players need to understand simple is better. Simple will get them
1: farther ahead. And when you talk about that simplicity, what are some of those things that you that you talk about that you really tried to force home? Um,
0: receiving the ball on the run, um, making one move instead of 10 moves, um, properly setting themselves up for a shot. They, they, they necessarily don't have to do step overs and scissors, Maybe it's dropping the shoulder, and maybe it's, it's just a little inside-outside move. So from a technical standpoint, we're really keened in on that. Um, I, I've, I've grown to where I have two, two additional trainers in Vegas. We've expanded into St. George, Utah. I now have two trainers there, and I'm, I'm a big believer in training my trainers and having them focus on the same message that I'm focusing here um, back in Vegas.
1: And you and your training staff and with your players, do you guys watch a lot of film? Do you show them clips and other things of, of players and examples of of how you want them to play the game?
0: i tell you what, you know, um, I mean, besides besides all the girls that we train, which is about nine, 98% of our program is girls. And uh, we, we do train some boys. It just happened to be that we found the girls, right? Mm-hmm. But um, from a standpoint of... Loving to do what I do with the, with the girls and some of the boys and you know the the families were associated with because I truly consider this a striker elite family um, The that's that's just a blessing in in the job itself the other Favorite part of my job is this is my full-time job. This is all I do and so while uh, the kids are in school during the day um, I will be watching game clips, whether it's you know watching Manchester United, the Premier League, uh, you know, um, watch watching game clips, um, and and I'm 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 just coming up with new drills. I'm coming up with new ideas um, based on you know what's what's happening in real game situations. So, I will take the simplicity part of a game. It it can be a simple pass to a forward. The forward takes a simple touch with his momentum moving forward, and I just relate that to the girls, you know, and uh, it's, it's, it's just really cool to be able to have the time to do that. I pass that on to my trainers, I pass them on new drills, and these are being replicated, and the feedback we're getting is uh, is off the charts. You know, what you guys are doing is amazing. Um, I love that drill. Can we do that drill again?
1: So um, it's it's all about putting players in game realistic situations. You mentioned, you know, it being a Strikers Elite family. What's, is that probably your proudest achievement in terms of what you've been able to build there? And how did it, how did you, over time, really build that kind of culture? Oh,
0: wow. Um, You know, when we first started this in Minnesota. The first couple of players that we trained, and um, I, I I won't ever forget, and I'm still friends with her and her family to this day. They come out to Vegas when they can to train, uh, but her name is Sam Hanlon. Um, I I took over a U14 girls team at the Fusion Soccer Club back in Minnesota. I was I was also a director there, and uh, this was a B level team. Um, I I took over this player by the name of Sam Hanlon and. She wanted to quit soccer. Um, She just didn't have the right coach in place. No one instilled confidence in her. Um, She felt as though she just didn't belong. And in speaking with her and her mom, um, this is at the point in time where i was still kind of dabbling with starting my own training academy. And I said, hey, let's just work on a couple of sessions. And so we did. And what she was able to take from those sessions and then go into the next four, five, six games gave her the confidence in herself to say what we were doing in training was working, but then also she took just the whole belief standpoint of, wow, I really can do this. And so that kind of catapulted one of my main messages, which is what we do is build confidence in players. And that happened with Sam Hanlon. Um, I, I will never forget the day and time where she got a pass. This is about 30 seconds left in the game. Um, she did this pullback, L-turn, modified Cruyff right at the sidelines, found a forward flying down, was able to pass the diagonal ball to the forward, and we scored in the last 10 seconds. She did not realize what she did on the sidelines, and and that was four years ago. Now Sam Hammond is a A player. She was a <clears throat> starter for the... Um, City high school team as a freshman and she's just going on to do great things and you know that that message is just continuously relayed to to all the players that we train
1: wow that's a really really awesome story uh what is it about strikers elite uh that separates it from other training academies out there
0: wow you really put me on the spot here aren't you <laughs> <laughs> um now when when my wife and I, Tracy, you know, had this conversation over four years ago, and she said, "Go go do this, and I'm going to support you." Um, the the number one thing is we're relational. Um, so that's that's the message that we continue to you know put out on Facebook, Instagram, um, you know, and it's it, it it has to be relational because one of the things I I do every day, one of the things I do every week with every parent, with every trainee, is, you know, I will film sessions and I will take, I, well, what I'll do is I'll take those clips from the sessions and trust me, there are some bad clips out there and if trainers out there, they will understand exactly what I'm talking about, right? So, but that's part of training is, you know, we, we train to get better and um, I'm able to send the players the clips and say, this was your shooting technique today. Um, you know they're leaning back, or you know whatever the situation is, and why they're skyrocketing the ball. But then there's some good shots, and then they can see the difference. So it's kind of like a before and after video that I send on to the parents. Um, you know, so from the standpoint of, of of that, it's 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 truly relational because the parents appreciate that, um, and then it's part of our new membership program where. We want everyone that's serious about developing soccer to, to move forward with that. And, you know, the last part of the message with all of that the confidence, becoming an elite player, it's, it's taking this all into life, right? So, everything I learned, whether it was at Ajax or, or, or Louisville, and just in life and business, when, when I was in management for over 20 years in sales, it, it's just these little messages that I pass on about just believing in yourself. Dreaming big, going after your dreams. I never thought in a million years I'd be doing what I'm doing, um, because when Tracy gave me the go ahead to to start this training company, um, we literally sold one of my cars. Um, we were um, in in so many words piss poor, right? And two years later, we decided to move to Las Vegas. Um, it, it, it's it's just been a crazy ride, and since we've been in Vegas for a little over two and a half years, we're training over 250 people and we've put on some of the biggest camps and clinics, you know, in the area, just so many things I'm proud of.
1: Again, that was George Nahorski of strikers elite. And as we mentioned before, girls soccer network has been partnering up with strikers elite in terms of their Tuesday touches series, which, uh, has been great in terms of providing all of you guys with, uh, many different ways to improve your skill set whether it be dribbling first touch all of that stuff so without uh so we're very grateful and thankful that we have strikers elite as a sponsor and of course uh here is a word from our sponsor strikers elite based out of las vegas nevada strikers elite develops confident creative and elite players in soccer and for life after instructing players seeking to play at the highest level Coach George quickly recognized the need for an environment that helped these players excel at a rapid pace. That's where the creation of an academy that would specialize in training soccer players was born. Focusing on player development, the curriculum at Striker Elite emphasizes technical skills, tactical awareness, mental toughness, character, leadership, and confidence. They currently have U.S. Development Academy, ECNL, ODP, and college players at Striker Elite, as well as aspiring players seeking to play professionally. Stryker Elite trainers are qualified and have extensive playing and coaching experience. Whether you're a club player looking to take your game to the next level and become a college or professional player, they will help you fulfill your goals. They provide elite one-on-one training, partner training, small group and team training, plus elite camps. Again, for more information, go to www.strikerelitesoccer.com. Again, in the interview, talked about we talked about how George Noworski spent time at the IX Academy and uh, listened to Johann Cruyff speak, and I mean, he really changed the game and, and took the game forward uh, into a more creative and offensive, flowing. Uh, type of mindset with with ball movement and uh so you can imagine the impact that that had on him and look at where he is now with with strikers elite i mean it's only going to grow from there so you definitely want to check out and if you're looking to take your game to the next level then go check out their website we've got a quick uh w league update as well as FAWSL update both in australia and england respectively A pretty cool moment uh, for Canterbury United and Ellie Carpenter, who, of course, we are a big fan of. Uh, The teenager got her first taste of captaincy as Rachel Corsi was out with an injury. Uh, Like a historic moment. Again, how often do you see in a league full of established veterans like the W League where a teenager is deemed, uh, you know, mature enough and responsible enough to be named captain so that's that's a really big deal and uh, again hats off to her obviously once Corsi comes back the armband will be hers but still not taking nothing away from Ellie Carpenter and of course over in England across the pond Chelsea are red hot again Ally Riley has just moved there uh, they're playing at a high level Fran Kirby as well they've won four in a row but it's the Gunners' arsenal who are dominating the league right now. Eight wins in eight games. Uh, looking like Manchester City on the men's side, they've got a goal difference of plus 34 through eight games. That just tells you they're, they're not just beating people. They're steamrolling people. Uh, they're steamrolling teams. So an impressive display. They may just run away with the league. So uh, keep an eye on that. And in the league below... We've got some other big teams, the Tottenham ladies' side and the Manchester United women's team competing for the top spot there and obviously fighting for promotion to the FAWSL. It's so great how in England they've already, you know, so quickly have adapted, added teams, and they already have the system in place of... Of promotion relegation and that's a that's obviously a discussion that we've talked about for a long time in uh, in american soccer and it it may not be a possibility right now on the women's side but we've talked about it but i've definitely thought about it on the men's side and how if they you know you need to provide some kind of incentive for some teams who who aren't exactly playing well Every single game matters when you have promotion relegation. Every single game matters, whether you're the best team or whether you're the worst team. And I think that really helps close the gap and adds another layer of competitiveness to the league. Obviously, it'll be a little more time as the NWSL continues to expand. Who knows? Uh, But it's highly unlikely. Uh, It's highly unlikely that that happens. As much as I want it to happen, there's probably... Uh, a a very very slim chance that that's going to happen and now a word from our second sponsor Topical Gear Topical Gear was formed in 2011 by a team of professionals from the orthopedic sports medicine field collectively this team has over two centuries of knowledge in athletic training, biomechanics, product development, manufacturing orthopedic sports medicine, arthroscopy and the pioneering of products in the sports medicine market Their team is constantly on the field or in the gym getting feedback directly from parents, players, coaches, and athletic trainers as part of their continuing effort to develop products that help increase female athletes' performance while keeping them healthy. All of their products are backed by professional published research and tested by athletes at both the high school and college level. All of you soccer players, parents, and other athletes out there, go to www.CompressionInMotion.com and check out the T25 Knee along with other shoulder and ankle products. Okay. <clears throat> Heading towards the back end of our show. A lot going on in terms of uh, social media and, and overall news in the world of women's soccer. Uh, really cool to see we've got more content on over on the site when it comes to this uh abby wambach alex morgan julie ertz and other actresses and other activists like sophia bush um have all gotten together um to really kind of with secret deodorant uh to start this new campaign to help at least raise awareness and try to close the gap in terms of the gender pay gap because it isn't because it's an issue that doesn't just exist in Women's soccer to men's soccer, right? It's across all sports and it's across all jobs. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous that two different people can do the exact same thing, the exact same job, with the exact that require the exact same skills, right? And there's and there's a difference in pay. It's simply unacceptable. But um, to see the women's national team players with their I'd rather get paid t-shirts I mean that's really empowering really cool and uh hopefully it's something that continues to catch fire and pick up it's a movement that we need to continue to uh to fight for and we will continue to fight for it because again it's it's preposterous that again the women do so much and people uh, and it it makes and it drives me insane when people are like "Yeah, but you know the men make more money because they bring in more viewers and it That's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, the women do so much more for for soccer. They've been doing it better than the men for years. They've been doing it better for like two decades, more than that. So get that nonsense out of here, man. Like seriously, seriously. (sighs) Okay, I'm done. I'm done fuming. I'm done fuming over it, but the pay gap, we will fix it. It will happen. It will happen. The next big step uh, for the NWSL is establishing a players association. Huge. Um, They're finally being recognized as a union. This would not have happened without the NWSLPA president, Yael Averbuk, who says herself that increased communication between them and the league is the main goal right now. All in all, the PA has gained one important value, and that being legal rights that requires the NWSL to provide information requested by players. That is directly, that whole segment is directly from an article done by one of our writers, Cheyenne Bowers, on her weekly roundup post. So definitely go check that out as well to get all the latest uh, news. If you if you didn't want to listen to everything on this podcast, you could still go and check out our articles And do it that way and read if you prefer to read. But go check it out, www.girlssoccernetwork.com. Okay, so in closing, of course, the next time we will be on the show, the NCAA tournament will be wrapped up. It will be over. We will have a new national champion. So, again, if it's not Stanford, it's going to be a definite talking point on uh, on the next show, because it would have taken something special for them to get beat. Give and Go is presented in partnership with Listening Party, the creators of Family FM. Follow the crew on Instagram, at Listening Party Presents, and at Canal Street Market. Again, that is all for me and this episode on Give and Go. Thank you so, so much for tuning in. Again, hope you had a happy Turkey Day with your families. Enjoy the time with your family. This truly is that holiday season time of year where you really get to come together and and uh, be thankful for everything and be grateful for everything that we have. So be sure to do that. Hope you guys enjoyed the show, and we will be back in two weeks' time. Rotas Vadera signing off. Take care.